Good evening, everyone, uh, and welcome to the November 20 recording in progress. Uh, 2023 um, REM board meeting. Um, if we can go ahead and call do roll call. Commissioner Alpert. Commissioner Elkstrand. Commissioner Johnson. Present. Commissioner Kelly. Here. Commissioner Marrero. Present. Commissioner Martinak. Present. Commissioner Mizell. Here. Commissioner Walker. Here. Chair Simon Weisberg. Here. We have a quorum. All right, if we can move now to the land acknowledgement. The Berkeley Rent Stabilization Board recognizes that the rental housing units we regulate are built on the territory of the Huchun, the ancestral and unceded land of the Chocheno-speaking Ohlone people, the ancestors and descendants of the sovereign Verona Band of Alameda County. This land was and continues to be of great importance to all of the Ohlone tribes and descendants of the Verona Band. As we begin our meeting tonight, we acknowledge and honor the original inhabitants of Berkeley, the documented 5,000-year history of a vibrant community at the West Berkeley Shell Mound, and the Ohlone people who continue to reside in the East Bay. We recognize that Berkeley's landlords and tenants have and continue to benefit from the use and occupation of this unceded stolen land since the city of Berkeley's incorporation in 1878, and since the Rent Stabilization Board's creation in 1980. As stewards of the laws regulating rental housing, it is not only vital that we recognize the history of this land, but also recognize that the Ohlone people are present members of Berkeley and other East Bay communities today. Thank you. Um, we're now going to move for approval agenda. I will take any um, changes that people want to make. I'll just make a motion to approve. <laughs> Um, I just want to, I have some things I want to change. Anybody else? No, 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 but you, well, yeah, I'll ask for a friendly amendment. Um, one of the things I'd like to do is right after public comment, I'd like to move um, my action item where I speak as part of, so it's um, action item 7A, where I usually give an update. That'd be all right um, to, for friendly amendment. And then um, the other thing is I'd like to pull um, one of the waivers, um, this is the one from MLK 31143120. Um, we need a little bit more information, so staff asked that we um, continue that to another month if no one has any objections. Okay. I'll second the motion. Thank you. Jen, did you get that? Um, was that Commissioner Alpert? Uh, yeah. Motion by Johnson, uh, second by Alpert. Oh, great. All right. We do a voice vote. Um, all in favor? Aye. 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 Anyone opposed? Anyone abstain? And no one's absent. Carries unanimously. All right. So we are now going to move to um, public comment. The we're going to start with um, public comment on non-agendized items. If you um, 
Do we have any blue cards? Yes. All right, first speaker, um, Olika. Can I, just before you start, um, do we have folks on, um, on Zoom as well? We do. And how many? We have one, two, three, five hands raised right now. Okay. Um, I'm still gonna go with three because I think we only have, we don't have that many. So, I mean, for three minutes, our, our usual. Okay, let me just pull up the timer. And you want three minutes? Okay, that's how we normally do, right? Oh, we do. If we normally do two, keep it at two. Sorry. Okay. I was just meaning we not we don't need to reduce. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Hello, my name is Eliza Cosme, and I reside in unceded Ohlone territory in South Berkeley. I grew up in the East Bay and also interned at Casa Husta Just Cause while at Cal during the Great Recession's foreclosure crisis. As a tenant worker in human, I urge you to schedule a special meeting as soon as humanly possible to put forth and pass a resolution calling for a ceasefire and condemning the ongoing genocide and continued ethnic cleansing. Given our tax dollars horrifically funding this, we must speak up as the Israeli regime murders and illegally expels Palestinians from their land so that they could be, quote, absorbed by Egypt and other countries. Thank you for your 2021 resolution decrying the violent ethnic cleansing in Sheikh Jarrah. In it, you said that the support for Palestinian human rights, dignity, and freedom does not equate to anti-Semitism, which is deplorable. This hurts us all. It's white supremacy, it's settler colonialism, it's apartheid, ethnic cleansing, and genocide. And it's literally in our DNA as descendants of enslaved, colonized, and displaced people to reject the normalization of genocide. Our community will tirelessly continue to take direct action in spite of government inaction. This is not business as usual, which we made clear today by shutting down the Bay Bridge, as did community members who occupied the federal building earlier this week and workers who held a ship at the port for hours a couple weeks ago. Your resolution will reinforce what so many leaders are failing to cry out, which is that this genocide is a harbinger of even worse global human rights violations, displacement, and racial and economic disenfranchisement, which we in the Bay know all too well. It takes more time and resources to make a special meeting happen urgently, but consider the billions of dollars we have sent to fund the occupation and ethnic cleansing of Palestinians for decades, instead of ensuring safe and affordable shelter and basic needs for all in our community. Thank you so much. Thank you. Were there any other speakers? Yes, Nikon. Hi. Um... So my name is Nikon, um, and I'm also here to speak in favor of holding a special meeting as soon as possible to pass a resolution endorsing a ceasefire in Gaza and condemning the ongoing genocide. With each passing day, the Israeli military continues to kill countless innocent Palestinians, with a total now surpassing 11,000, and almost half of whom are children, in its campaign to ethnically cleanse Gaza, a goal made explicit by members of Israel's government. The U.S. government is complicit in these actions, having supplied countless dollars in military aid to Israel and is currently pre preparing to spend billions more. 
It is therefore incumbent upon our government to help put this to an end. And even local bodies such as the Berkeley Rent Board can help put pressure on our federal officials to take action. I also wanna thank the Rent Board for its 2021 resolution condemning Israel's evictions of Palestinians in Sheikh Jarrah. And I hope the board can display leadership again here. So once again, I want to strongly encourage the Rent Board to hold a special meeting as soon as possible on this matter. Thank you so much. Great, thank you. Next speaker, Russell. Hi, everybody. Uh, Russell Bates is my name. I've lived in Berkeley for 50 years now. I uh, strongly urge what the prior two speakers have requested a special meeting regarding um, the Israeli, uh, I don't like to use that word, the scientist entity attack uh, on Palestine last 75 years and Gaza pretty much regularly last 17 years. Um, I first became aware of how great liars the uh, Zionist entity leaders are and Zionists within this country too. When um, in 1967, June 8th of 1967, uh, the USS Liberty was attacked by the Zionist state, killing 30 plus American sailors and Marines, wounding 170 plus sailors and Marines. And it's only attack on an American ship that's never been investigated by Congress. Uh, President Johnson said, they're our friends. We can't do anything about that. I mean, with friends like that, you know, they're gonna try to cover up stuff like they've been doing in Gaza this whole time, finding weapons in the Sheba hospital and all that. You just cannot trust what the Zionists say. There needs to be a ceasefire so people can at least sit down and talk to one another and say, hey, listen, this is where the bullshit stops. We got to do something now. And I suggest you lead the way in Berkeley. The radicalness of the rent board now is perfect for that kind of situation. The liberals and the neoliberals in the city council and the school board are not going to do it first. But they'll follow you like sheep if you do it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Next speaker. Hello, I'm Jamila Gannon. I'm a first generation Palestinian in America. I get emotional. My grandparents fled Palestine to come to America and to see our tax money, you know, go and, and exterminate Palestinians from Gaza. <laughs> we feel helpless. We don't know what to do, and you guys are our only hope. So I really hope you guys pass this resolution for Palestine and all the Palestinians who really rely on the Americans right now. Thank you. Thank you. Any other speakers? Speaker cards? 
Um, I have um, many raised hands on Zoom. Okay. So. Misha, you should be allowed to talk now. Hi, my name is Misha, and as a Jewish person, a human being who believes in basic human and indigenous rights, I urge you to schedule a special meeting to uh, state a resolution in support of a ceasefire against Israel's genocide in Gaza. Thank you. Next, yeah. Jonah, you should be able to speak. Hi, all. My name is Jonah Gottlieb. Um, I'm a student at UC Berkeley. I'm a tenant. I'm a member of the Berkeley Tenants Union and was the campaign manager for four out of the nine of you. Hi, good to see you. Uh, I'm here today as a proud Jew, uh, thank you, thanking the members of the rent board who have uh, spoken to community members, both Palestinian and Jewish, uh, about passing a ceasefire resolution in Gaza. And I urge you, as many other folks have already, to schedule a special meeting to consider and pass this resolution. My family did not face anti-Semitic pogroms in Tsarist Russia just for their trauma and my tax dollars to be used for ethnic cleansing, genocide, war crimes, and occupation. Never again means never again. And as a Jew, I need to make it clear that Though these crimes are being committed in my name, they are absolutely doing nothing to keep Jews in the Bay Area safe. Anti-Semitism is real and dangerous, but Israeli apartheid does nothing to keep Jews in our community safe. We must understand that the occupation is the root of the violence in Palestine and reject the notion that we Jews need our own ethnostate with a mad massive military budget to survive. I truly believe that Jews can live side by side, side, by side in peace with our neighbors in Palestine, just as we do here in the Bay Area. To claim, as Zionists do, that Jews are too different from everyone else to ever be fully accepted by our society is actually incredibly anti-Semitic. We can and should fight anti-Semitism while also calling for an end to Israel Israeli apartheid and calling for a ceasefire. Please schedule a special meeting and vote yes on a resolution that keeps tenants in Berkeley safe while calling for an end to U.S. military support for the Israeli state and the crimes being committed. Thank you. Thank you. Marissa, you should be able to talk now. Hello, my name is Marissa Oaks English and I'm a third year UC Berkeley student living in South Berkeley. I'm here to echo the sentiments of my other speakers tonight and implore you to hold a special meeting to adopt a ceasefire resolution as soon as possible. We should not stand idly by as Palestinians are losing their lives. Thank you. Next, Fran, you should be able to talk now. Hello, I, I apologize. My Zoom dropped a few seconds. My item is the discretionary waiver Item W5097, 1944 cursor. Is it the one that you mentioned you will continue it? It's a question. Uh, well, this is actually for the things that aren't on the agenda. Um, but can you say the address again? 1944 Curtis. Um, it is still um, it is still on the on agenda. The okay, sorry about that. 
All right, do you want to go to the next speaker? Yes. Yeah. Mara, you should be able to talk now. Hello. Um, my name is Mara Van Tassel. Um, I'm an undergraduate student at UC Berkeley, and I've lived in Berkeley for three years now. Um, I would like to urge you to hold a special meeting to adopt the resolution calling for a ceasefire, um, endorse Cori Bush's ceasefire resolution, and uh, express solidarity with the Palestinian people, um, and support for ending the Zionist occupation and ending U.S. military aid to Israel. Um, I also wanted to thank you for your 2021 resolution, uh, and please uh, continue that support through this resolution as well. Thank you. Thank you. Jay, you should be allowed to talk now. Um, hello, my name is Jay. I'm a third year UC Berkeley student. Uh, I'm just calling in to urge for the scheduling of a meeting, um, calling for a ceasefire in the end to the ongoing um, genocide in Gaza on behalf of Israel. Um, as a queer and trans person, I refuse to let my community struggles be leveraged to justify violence, apartheid, oppression, uh, and the indiscriminate bombing of innocent people. Uh, I thank you for your support of the previous resolution and urge you to pass uh, the next one. Thank you. Thank you. Are there any more speakers? Yes, there are. Cindy, you should be allowed to talk now. Cindy Shamban. Cindy, are you here? Maybe we'll go on to the next person. Yep, that's fine. Lou, you should be able to talk now. Hello, um, uh, board. My name is Lou, and I've been living in Berkeley uh, for a long, long time. And um, I want also to urge you to uh, have a meeting uh, to pass a resolution calling for a ceasefire. I just well, I want to mention a few historical facts for people who may not know, uh, you know, about Gaza. Um, and the question is seldom asked, like, where do they come from? And I think it's an important question. Actually, they were living in their villages uh, around Beersheba in the southern part of what is now Israel, uh, what, what, what was then Palestine. And uh, the Israelis uh, came and forced them out by, by gunpoint. Um, and there was no Hamas then for the Israelis to blame for their their violent action. Uh, it was just they wanted the land and, and they took it and they herded those people into concentration camp called Gaza. It switched hands a few times. You know, the, the history is always complex. Hamas didn't arrive till much later. Uh, the Israelis, I know, occupied that. Uh, Gaza when it was found to be unsustainable because Sharon really wanted the West Bank. And so this was a distraction. So uh, they left and they smashed a lot of stuff on leaving. And then, you know, the Gazans uh, were put shortly thereafter um, in a blockade. 
and so their lives have been severely constrained. And plus, you know, the drones go over day and night. They're bombed periodically. Um, so this has existed uh, for a long time. You know, I, I abhor any violence, and yet, you know, the injustice heaped upon the Palestinians and the Palestinians and the Gazans is enormous. It's ongoing. It's deadly, bloody. U.S. is complicit. We have to do everything to stop it. Thank you. Any more speakers? Yes, we have eight more hands raised. Monica, you should be allowed to talk now. Hello, my name is Monica and I'm an Arab American living in Berkeley for over three years. My grandfather is one of those Palestinians who was forced out of his home at gunpoint in 1948. The only reason I'm here is because three generations of my family have run away from Israeli airstrikes in the right direction. Just for their granddaughters and daughters tax money to fund the genocide of new generations. Our community needs the Berkeley Rent Board to hold a special meeting immediately to pass a resolution demanding a ceasefire and an end to Israeli apartheid. We know that voices from respected community advocates such as yourself can add up to big changes. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker, Sara, you can talk now. Hello, the name on the screen is Zahra because that's my partner's name, but my name is actually Asher Kashani. I was born and raised in Berkeley and I'm mixed. I have both an Ashkenazi Jewish background and my dad Ali Kashani is an Iranian immigrant and a UC Berkeley alum. And I thank the rent board for supporting a resolution demanding a ceasefire right now in Gaza. And I echo the voices of my Palestinian and anti-Zionist Jewish comrades requesting you to convene a special meeting and pass this resolution immediately. Palestinians deserve to live a life free of the terror of occupation. And it is not our place as non-Palestinians to pass judgment on the means necessary for their liberation. It must be clarified that Hamas is not a terrorist group because by international law, Palestinians have the legal right to, def to defend themselves, including the use of armed forces. The Israeli state is a settler colonial occupation that has carried out a genocide against Palestinians throughout occupied Palestine for the past 75 plus years. And it's past time that we all took a stand and dismantled the Zionist entity. From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Thank you. Thank you, next speaker. Mimi, you can talk now. Thank you. Um, I would like to echo what the previous speakers as well uh, said. I urge you please to uh, to have a meeting, an urgent meeting uh, to discuss about uh, immediate ceasefire as soon as possible. That's immediately actually. It, the war or the attack on Gaza started like 35 days ago. Uh, over the more than uh, 5,000 children uh, already killed. And I would like to echo the person who, speaks, who spoke before me. Uh, according to the international law, the occupied people has right to use all means to defend themselves, but the occupier does not have that right. And actually the occupier is responsible to protect the people who, uh, the people who they are occupying. Um, please do your best and uh, uh, basically, um, focus on the ceasefire first and then defunding Israel. 
like it it feels like we have it's against uh, the constitution law of the united states like nobody should be above the law but we're seeing that israel is above the law everything like for instance feeding the homeless people feeding or housing the homeless people here in the united states will take forever for for officials to agree on spending on that issue while for the israeli they, they it just takes seconds for them to send to send ships to the end of the world to to Palestine to kill uh, children and babies. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker, Fatima. You should be able to speak now. Hello, my name is Fatima Sara Khalid. I'm a resident of South Berkeley and also someone who has lost family and friends in Gaza in this past 35 days. Like many other speakers before me, I also urge the board to convene a special meeting to call for an end to the genocide, the ethnic cleansing of Palestinians, call for an immediate ceasefire and renew our commitment to human rights, building on the board's 2021 resolution condemning the eviction of Palestinians from the from the land of Sheikh Jarrah. In doing so, we can lead the way in advocating for peace and justice and set a precedent for other communities to follow. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker. Whitney, you should be allowed to talk. Hello, my name is Whitney. I am a Berkeley resident for several years and lifelong Bay Area resident. I am a black single mother, low income, and I started studying and learning about what is happening and has been happening, the occupation of Palestine from the time I was 16 years old. I will keep it brief, but I wanted to introduce myself to say that I appreciate the work that the rent board does for supporting low-income housing. I have benefited from that. It is so important and so necessary in a place like Berkeley, but it is just, it is more important now that you take time to immediately pass a ceasefire resolution um, to support the ceasefire resolutions that are, are attempting to be passed um, against the occupation of Palestine to protect the people in Gaza and also the West Bank um, to stop the genocide. Um, that is what we all want. That is baseline. And it should be done as soon as possible tonight, immediately. And I just want to say that it is part of the entire struggle that we need to be able to protect our homes. These people are in their homes and they should be protected. And I I thank you so much to the previous speakers who shared some of the history and detail and also um, asserted that Palestinians have the right to defend and protect themselves. Um, and I just want to support that. Please call for a ceasefire immediately. Thank you so much. Thank you. Next speaker. Amira Doti. You can talk now. Hi, my name is Amira. I am an ASUC Senator speaking on behalf of the disabled community at Berkeley. Um, actually, just an hour ago, we found out that a member of our community has um, passed away in Gaza. She was 13 years old. She liked to teach deaf and nonverbal students how to sign. So we come with a very fresh grief that weighs on your hearts. We urge you to adopt a resolution calling for a ceasefire to endorse Cori Bush's 
um, ceasefire resolution and to express solidarity with the Palestinian people and support for ending the occupation and US military aid to Israel. Um, we thank you for passing a resolution in 2021 that condemned Israel's evictions of Palestinians in Sheikh Jarrah. There are no words to describe the very profound hurt that all of us are feeling right now as disabled students at UC Berkeley for our brothers and sisters in Palestine. So we thank you for activism thus far and hope that you continue to call for immediate ceasefire. Thank you. Cindy, you should be allowed to talk now. Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, great. I'm speaking tonight on behalf of Jewish Voice for Peace Bay Area chapter, and we have over 1,700 supporters who live in Berkeley. We ask that the rent board call a special meeting to pass a resolution in support of the ceasefire, of a ceasefire in Gaza immediately. We speak as Jews who refuse to let the Israeli government perpetrate unspeakable violence in our name. Over 11,000 Palestinians have been killed, 40% of them children. In our grief over the killing of Israeli civilians on October 7th, we recognize that mass violence and displacement of Palestinians can never be the answer. We are committed because of that grief to pressure our elected officials to publicly support a ceasefire in order to stop the Israeli government from its publicly stated intention to commit genocide against Palestinians living in Gaza. Israeli politicians are openly using genocidal language calling for a second Nakba, the mass displacement of Gazans from their homes and the Israeli occupation of Gaza. Gazans have been called human animals and Israel has promised to turn Gaza into a city of tents. Genocide scholars have warned that there is an unfolding genocide in Gaza as Israel inflicts collective punishment by cutting off water, fuel, electricity, medicine, and other aid to the entire population. As Jews, we know too well what happens when others are silent about genocide. Because our government is supporting Israel in its march to genocide, because our tax dollars are funding the weapons our government is sending to the Israeli military, all Americans are called upon to speak out against genocide and to support a ceasefire. Never again means never again for anyone. Thank you. Thank you. Any other speakers? Najin, you should be able to talk now. Thank you very much. My name is, can you hear me? Yes. My name is Nagin Mossad. I'm calling in as a member of Berkeley Tenants Union and Friends of Adeline. And I wanted to just echo what everybody else has said before me. I'm very grateful for the REMP board to bring up this resolution, especially now that our uh, city council has, you know, we've been going, we, I've, I've myself has spoken several times uh, on non-public agenda items and I've been totally ignored that uh, our city is, is deaf ears right now in regards to Gaza and the Palestinian issue and the genocide that is happening. 11,000 people 
two thirds of them women and children. This is this is horrific. I, it's hard to even get through the day with what's going on. And and we are our government is complicit with this crime. We are funding it. We are enabling it, and we are continuing to beat the the drums of war in, with our government. And this this is of course historic, being that uh, the U.S. is an imperialist, colonialist nation. I myself am Iranian. I've lived under 156 Scud missiles at the end of the Iran-Iraq War, when the enemy at that time was Iran, and the weapons were going to Iraq by the USA. We saw the bombs being dropped on us, the casings were made in the USA. And then of course we went over to Kurdistan, which I'm part Kurdish, and chemical weapons funded, brought in by the USA, all of it. And this is then of course, Saddam Hussein became the boogeyman and the same weapons were used to destroy Iraq. This whole mentality of warmongering, colonialism, imperialism, feeding these weapons manufacturers and keeping the economy of weapons creation is killing America. That is that is one of the side effects of the gun violence. The result of it is what's happening in our own communities. And it all must end. And the people have to get together, hold hands and just fight back as if it, it's, it's pertinent for our next breath. Thank you very much for what you're doing. Take up the resolution and have an emergency meeting. Let's get this passed. Thank you. Thank you. Carmen, you can speak now. Thank you. Um, thank you so much for this space. I want to echo um, what a lot of people have said, and I just simply want to say, please, please call for ceasefire immediately. Please help end this genocide. Thank you. Thank you. Any more hands? Um, I have no more hands, but I have one more blue card. Over there. Oops. Uh, yeah, that's this okay. is coming over. Yeah. Uh, hello, my name is Sumaya Al Katib. I'm a local and I pray at the Meshed here at Berkeley. I call on the rent board to pass a call for ceasefire on Palestine now. Day by day, the death toll rises. Last week, I learned that doctors in the area had to create a new code wounded child, no surviving family. WCNSF, no surviving family. Uh, we've mentioned over 11,000 Palestinians have been killed, more than half of them um, whom were babies and children. Nearly 30,000 people have been injured. Recently, I worked on taking the names from the martyrs who have passed from October 7th to the 25th, so these aren't even the updated names. And I noticed a couple of things. The first thing I noticed was it took me six pages to pass the uh, age of zero, six pages of babies. Uh, we've justified this by, uh, what is it, 40 fake beheaded babies? Well, we've got six pages of real babies that have been passed and murdered. I also noticed my own name, Sumaya, show up three, four different times. My own family's names three different times that could have been me my mom, my dad, my sister, my brother, my uncle, my aunts. Please take up this resolution. There are many other cities who have passed the resolutions similar to this. Many other cities working on it as well. I mean, we've got Oakland, Cotahe, Richmond, just to name a few. So um, be on the right side of history. Thank you. Cher, I have one more hand raised on Zoom. 
Samina, you're allowed to talk now. Hello, my name is Samina Usman. Um, I am speaking in support of introducing um, a resolution in regards to a ceasefire. I think it's important for Berkeley to be able to stand up um, and, and be able to support uh, this issue. You've heard from other people who also feel the same sentiment. We need to stand up for what's right, standing up, stand up against the genocide that's happening in our lifetime, against the ethnic cleansing, and, uh, and also how it is impacting residents of Berkeley as well, because we have lots of community members who have family who are in Gaza, who are um, impacted or have, have been killed, and um, th this, and also uh, folks in Berkeley who are experiencing Islamophobia and, um, and and hate crimes as well, and so we and discrimination. We want to make sure that they are uh, protected, and that we, as uh, members of Berkeley, be able to uh, protect each other and stand up for what's right. Thank you. Thank you. Anything, any other? I have no more hands okay. on screen. Um, we had three written um, comments that I've asked um, the different my different board members to um, read. Um, if you want to start and we'll just go down. Dear rent board members, I hope you will join other groups of elected officials in calling for an immediate ceasefire in Gaza. Americans overwhelmingly support this, and yet politicians in DC are not listening. Perhaps if enough local institutions speak up, it will have an effect. I am a Jew from Lebanon, a Berkeley voter, and a taxpayer. I strongly object to my government supporting the indiscriminate killing of Palestinian civilians. Please speak up, Henry. I'm reading a comment from Carol Sanders. As a Berkeley Jewish, Jewish constituent, I urge you all with my heart, <clears throat> excuse me, with my heart to pass a ceasefire resolution. The people of Gaza, imprisoned for all these years by Israel's blockade, are now being murdered by the Israeli army. Those who survive are left homeless in mass. It is our tax do dollars that foot the bill for carrying out these atrocities. The ceasefire resolution is the least we can do. And the rent board appears to be the public entity in Berkeley with the moral fiber to do it. Sincerely, Carol Sanders. There is a, a a message from Clyde Leland. Dear rent board, the whole world is horrified and disgusted by the brutal and illegal assault on Gaza. Yet the U.S. government continues to back the ethnic cleansing going on, and refuses to call for a ceasefire and to back that call up with a cessation of military funding and support. That's why Biden has to hear from as many people, organizations, and institutions as possible, especially from elected officials such as yourselves, who speak as more than just individuals. There has to be some tipping point, some critical mass that persuades or forces the U.S. to join the worldwide call for a ceasefire, be part of that critical mass, ceasefire now. You can stay up here if you wanted to speak. Right can we go to the podium right here? Hi, my name is Miriam, and I'm here today just coming because, as we obviously, I'm wearing this to kind of represent that we want to call for a ceasefire now. 
Um, this is not something that's happened since October 7th. This has been going on for years now, but we're finally starting to take action on it because we're tired of seeing our people getting murdered every day. And it's not just Muslims. People, A lot of people think that this is just a Muslim matter. This is happening to Christians too and Muslims. As you guys know, there's mosques being burned over there, even churches. And this is just a humanitarian matter. And I feel like over there, they don't have the ability to be able to put a stop to this. So it's up to us to come to you guys, to come to our cities, to try to request that Biden does need to put a stop to this because our taxes are being paid for this against our will. None of us choose to send our money for this genocide. And even like a, a lot of international laws are being broken right now. And us as citizens, if we have to follow the law, that means that our country that's punishing us for breaking the law, they need to be punished too for breaking these international laws. What's the point of these international laws being placed if no one's even following them? I'm not here saying that it's fair for one side and not the other. I think it just needs to be a stop for both sides because no one needs to suffer any longer. There's many genocides happening in the world right now. And that's why we have things like the UN, the United Nations, they're supposed to provide humanitarian like, you know, for these people, but no one's going in and that should be against the law. There's children dying, there's women dying, there's elders. And if we're not the people to speak up for them, who's going to speak up for them? So that's why I'm here today requesting that we pass a resolution to please put a ceasefire to this because there's no need for that many people to keep dying. Every day that we push this, there's thousands more people that die. If we would have stopped this yesterday, we would have found, saved a few hundred other people. Thousands of kids would have still been alive if we put a ceasefire to this last week, you know. So that's why I'm just here requesting this today. Thank you. Thank you. Did anyone else want to um, speak? You just have to fill out a blue card when you come. You can do it afterward as well. Oh, you can do it afterward as well, apparently. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hi, my name is Hussein. Uh, actually, I'm coming today just to say, uh, like some walls, uh, the people in Gaza, doesn't matter if they are Muslims or Christian or Jewish, they are not animals. If somebody killed like 11,000 people, uh, animals, cats or dogs, a lot of organizations around the world will stand up and say, stop. Stop killing the animals. What about those people? I see some of you like drinking like water or coffee or whatever. The kids there in Gaza have no water, have no food. Is this the humanity? Is it the democracy that America talk about? They try to distribute it in the whole world. America now supporting killing the kids. The woman, the old people, and Biden coming here <laughs> in this country, we have to say ceasefire the world now, not later. Thank you. All right. Any more hands on the? I do have one more hand. Okay. And this will be our last call for if anybody wants to speak from the audience. And you can talk now. 
Hello, can you hear me? Yes. Um, I am just calling in today to um, support uh, passing a resolution, uh, creating and passing a resolution, um, standing for a ceasefire and in support of Palestinian lives. Um, as you probably know, uh, as many people mentioned, you know, it's been 75 years since the Palestinian people have experienced apartheid. Um, tens of thousands of lives have already been lost, including children. And there are Palestinians being killed in the West Bank as well. And there is no Hamas there. Um, and there are, is really no reason that people need to be dying at this rate. And unfortunately, our federal and state governments aren't doing anything um, and are using our tax dollars um, to support this. So I would just ask that anybody, any leadership body, please take a stand um, for Palestinian, for lives, for humans, so that we don't keep seeing death. Um, and so I want to thank anyone um, who is willing to um, support a ceasefire, write in favor of a ceasefire, and do something so that at least the population can have some sort of hope that maybe there's going to be change. Thank you. Thank you. All right, if there are no more um, people wanting to speak on non-agendize, one more. I have okay. one more hand. Sure. Um, I apologize if I don't get your name right. EAS, you can speak now. IYAS. Yes. Yes. Thank you. You should be able to speak. It looks like they lowered their hands. Okay. Um, we're going to, at this point now, if anybody wants to speak to um, an agenda item that is on the agenda, they can speak right now. And then we're going to be moving to the um, action items. Okay. So I have no raised hands right now. Oops, wait, I do. Okay, Lee, you should be allowed to talk. Hi, um, is this the right time to um, talk about the waivers? Can you hear uh, me? Yes. Um, okay, um, I I was a little bit confused. I've never done this before. I've never actually called into one of these things, but um, I we put in a waiver for um, a late request um, or a late fee. Um, and I don't see the property on the list, but I see it below on the um, um, on the recommendations from the staff. Um, and I just wanted to make sure that it was going to be discussed today and and that you guys had all the information. I sent in um, some additional information. Um, okay, um, it's regarding 1935 Addison Street, is that on the list? It is. You know, what my suggestion is, is that um, wh why don't you just hang on until we get through 
because um, we're going to be doing action items first, and then we're going to come back to the consent items. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. So when, what, when the right time was, sorry. I mean, this, you're, you're speaking at the right time, but okay. I think that it would be best because then maybe one of the, because uh, it's on consent right now. So for us to talk about it, someone would need to pull it. It's um, eight o'clock, huh? Okay. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll call you back up when we get to the consent. Okay. okay. Sounds good. Thanks. So um, we're now going to move to action items. And the first one is the chair update. Okay, only the chair update, the other action items are still afterward. Okay, that's, yes, fine. So um, the first thing that's on my, I'm gonna be talking about two things during my update. And the first is to address um, the atrocities in, in Gaza. Um, I think folks realized that, and I wanna thank everyone for coming and speaking and going to council the other night. Um, and I'm sure everyone is doing additional things. Um, I was, I took part in the, um, the occupation of the federal building on Monday. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, we never know what thing is going to make a difference. And I hope everybody is, is, you know, takes the opportunity to some way, um, speak up, you know, um, but she's giving a little talk here. She not, to me. Oh, she did. Yeah. Okay. okay. I think that folks um, understand that um, it's not on our agenda because we weren't able to get it. We There were several of us um, that tried to um, get it on the agenda, but we missed the 72 hours. And it was in meant very much in response to the city council absolutely refusing to do anything. And so many of us felt, well, <laughs> we're elected, so we can pass a resolution. Um, but there are these rules about giving people notification and we miss the 72 hours. Um, what I am doing today is I am as the chair of the Berkeley REM board, I am sending a very similar letter that the um, president of the um, Oakland um, council did. If you wanna, can you pass these down and then can the rest go to the audience? No, there's just one page yeah, on both sides. Um, so this letter is being sent um, by the chair um, we, in the same way that um, Nikki uh, Fortuner-Bass has sent, um, because I have the power to do to that. Um, and I think there was um, a resolution that um, uh, the vice chair drafted. Um, we can't take action on it. Um, and I'll let others um, speak who want to. I am going to read the letter uh, into the, the record and it will be as part of the, the minutes. Dear President Biden, Senator Padilla, Senator Butler and members of Congress, this week in Berkeley, we celebrate the United Against Hate Week. The ongoing violence and horrific loss of thousands of innocent Palestinians and Israelis lives in a humanitarian crisis that is impacting Berkeleyans who are grieving and fearful for their loved ones. We cannot mark this week and not demand a ceasefire. I mourn every life lost. I recognize the generational trauma in each painful story I hear, and I hold each life as precious. We must honor our humanity by envisioning a world where everyone can live in peace, dignity, and equal rights. 
Our humanity demands that our federal government call for an immediate ceasefire to protect human life. As a Jewish American, a daughter and a granddaughter of Holocaust survivors, I must speak out. The majority of my father's family were murdered. They also continued to live um, a life of trauma when they did survive, for those who did. If Americans had spoken out and stopped Hitler's rise to power after Kristallnacht in 1938, instead of waiting until Japan attacked us, if the world had spoken out when Armenians were being murdered, my family would have lived. Bad things happen when good people do nothing. We must speak up. As Americans, we must learn from past genocide and not allow our government to be complicit in the displacement and killing of the Palestinian people. The humanitarian crisis and loss of thousands of innocent civilian lives in Palestine and Israel is unforgivable and inhumane. The continued loss of children is a failure of humanity. One million children make up half the population of Gaza. In four weeks, over 10,000, and I believe the number is now over 11,000, Palestinians have been killed, including over 4,100 children, while thousands are trapped beneath rubble and hospitals are unable to save lives. Continuous humanitarian aid must be allowed into Gaza to ensure basic services, water, electricity, fuel, food, and health care. Families here in Berkeley grieve the loss of loved ones in both Palestine and Israel, fear for the safety of those who have survived, pray for the safe return of family members held hostage and continue to endure generations of trauma and loss. The U.S. government must do everything in its power to save Palestinian children and families in Gaza, protect journalists and healthcare workers and support the release of all hostages. I condemn the ongoing killing of innocent Palestinian lives. I condemn the killing of innocent Israeli lives in the October 7th attack. This violence takes place in the context of the ongoing occupation of Gaza, which is contrary to international law. We must commit ourselves to ending the structures and systems that enable the inhumanity and violence we are witnessing in Palestine, Israel, and here at home. We must end white supremacy, Islamophobia, and anti-Semitism. In addition to the pain and suffering our Arab, Muslim, and Jewish communities are enduring here in Berkeley, we are facing the ongoing crisis of homelessness, gun violence, and lack of access to health and mental health services, affordable childcare, quality education, good paying jobs, and affordable housing. It is unconscionable that the federal government would consider giving an additional 14.3 billion in military aid to the state of Israel. At the same time, our communities lack access to these basic needs. The U.S. must instead use its power and resources to immediately pursue diplomatic efforts to end the violence against the people of Gaza and the West Bank and to free all the hostages. The mass protests and the numerous actions taking place all over the globe and the U.S. show that Americans and the rest of the world are overwhelmingly support an end to the violence in Gaza and Palestine. A recent poll showed that 66% of voters, which include 80% of Democrats and 57% of independents and 56% of Republicans support a ceasefire.
Our federal representatives must honor our humanity and every human life by immediately calling for a ceasefire and directing U.S. taxpayer dollars towards a humanitarian, dignified, and peaceful resolution to urgent needs in our communities. I thank Representative Barbara Lee, Representative Adams, Bowman, Bush, Carson, Casar, Castro, Durbin, Escobar, Frost, Garcia, Jackson, Jayapal, Summerlee, McCollum, McGovern, Ocasio-Cortez, Omar, Presley, Ramirez, Talib, Valquez, Waters, Watson, Coleman, who are already supporting a ceasefire. And I urge other federal representatives to follow suit. And I hope that my other elected colleagues in here in Berkeley will, will join for that same call for a ceasefire. Um, I'm going to pause there, and if there are any other um, folks who want to speak. Um, yeah, thank you, everyone who spoke tonight and who came in person. Um, you know, I was contacted and asked to work on a resolution uh, after the deadline with which we would have had to put it on this uh, tonight's agenda. Um, I do have one written. Um, if it pleases the board, I can read it, or I can wait until I'm, I'm committed to scheduling a special meeting um, to taking this up as soon as possible. Um, but I do, we do have it prepared tonight. I don't know if you want me to read it. Let me just, con let's confer with our council to see if we can. Uh, Chair, I don't know if the general council wants to speak, but this would, we would, we would not be able to have discussion on an item that's not on the agenda. And so I think reading the resolution, any comments thereafter would, would likely fall as discussion on a non-agendized action okay. item. Then I'll, then I'll, I'll, I won't read it tonight, um, but I will, um, you know, we'll make it available. It'll be available as soon as we schedule the meeting. Um, yeah, that was all. Would anyone else like to speak? I, I just want to thank all of you. I'm from Croatia, so I can to some extent understand. And uh, the 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 as a human being and a mother alone, it's unbearable, absolutely unbearable to see the genocide unfolding on my phone screen. Back in the 90s, there, there was no internet. Which, I don't know which is worse really, but at least now we can organize, so I, I support your calls with my entire heart. And I'm deeply ashamed of my birth country for not even supporting a General Assembly, a UN General Assembly resolution. I'm deeply ashamed. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, excuse me. Um, I would like to thank everyone who spoke today. And I just had to say something because I have a platform to do so. And I feel like everyone who does have that platform should be calling for this ceasefire. Um, I can't pretend to be a revolutionary um, without standing in complete solidarity with the Palestinian people right now in this moment um, and have been since I learned about um, the atrocities happening um, as a teen. And um, like I said, I'm, I think I was one of the co-authors on the 
2021 resolution, and I plan to be one on this resolution um, and am down for the special meeting whenever, as soon as possible um, to make this happen. Thank you. Anybody else want to speak? Yeah, Commissioner Johnson. Uh, Commissioner Moran. Thank you. Um, I just want to thank all of you for your courage, for standing by your families, for having the pride of your land and making sure that we understand that we have a moral imperative to advocate on the behalf of your people. So I am an advocate and I'm an advocate for children. The idea that there are thousands of children dying is disgusting to me. And I do do work with the federal government. I am on the regional advisory committee and I will, I will promise you, I will send an email tonight about this meeting. I am also in support of a special meeting and I will endorse, I will sign a resolution. So thank you. And my hearts and prayers are with all of you and with all of your families. Uh, Commissioner Johnson. I also wanna echo the thanks for everyone who is willing to come and speak on this issue today. Um, I think this, for a lot of different reasons, this particular, um, tragedy has definitely been something that has really drastically changed my life. I remember the resolution that we did uh, two years ago. Um, it was something that I think before that moment, I viewed the world from like the lens of a black person in America. I think the discussions that came about because of the conversations that were started made me realize that like, no, like this is an issue of colonization that's much more broad than just that. And it made me kind of have a much more um, I'm, I'm still not perfect today, but it brought a global view that I had not had before. And I, I appreciate, um, I mean, it's tragic the circumstances that it came up in, but I do think um, for folks who are unsure where they stand on this particular conversation, I think um, I just want to echo what sort of shifted my perspective and what shifted my opinion. Um, and it was the conversations that happened then and realizing that like, it all comes down to colonialism and it comes down to who holds power and who gets to make decisions on who holds land. And, and it's the same problem humans have been dealing with for generations and generations. And I don't have a solution for it, but I know that I particularly having this platform, I want to be someone who speaks up and, uh, and is vocal about that. So I thank my colleagues for bringing the resolution up back then. I appreciate and look forward to being able to voice my support for it when it comes up again. And um, yeah, I'm, I just think it's important. Um, anyone else wants to? I'll be very brief. I want to, of course, very much mirror the, the comments of my colleagues. I want to thank all of you for coming out tonight. Thank the folks on comment on Zoom. Um, I look forward to considering a resolution once it comes up. I support a special meeting. And, you know, I, I think you know, not not to rift here as I keep it short, but I, I mean, I think very much um, and I thought at the city council meeting, hearing the quotes of MLK with Beyond Vietnam and, and, and thinking, you know, how, how do these things apply in different contexts? There's no perfect parallels. We understand that such things don't exist in history, but at some point we have to understand on some basic level um, 
our humanity <laughs> and, and why that has to matter uh, for everyone at all times. God knows as a Black person in America, that has to matter at all times for all people. So, um, yeah, I look forward to considering it once it comes up and I support a special meeting. Thank you. So, um, unless anyone else wants to speak, yes, Commissioner Kelly. I don't want to speak to yourself. Oh, well, it is. You they do it right. Okay, um, not to speak to the substance of what we might have to vote on, but of course I support a ceasefire. I don't understand when in the history of conflict, saying that people should stop killing each other and sit down and talk, is controversial. Um, and I think there's some insanity around this conversation that we lose our collective humanity of just that notion of whoever started, whatever started, however these things have happened over so many years of history that people should stop killing each other and sit down and talk. And that's where I'd like to see my taxpayer dollars go as well. Thank you. Oh, I'm, I'll, I'll withhold comments until the, the special meeting. But uh, thank you everyone for, for coming out to speak tonight. So um, the letter is going to be sent out and um, we are going to, figure out if we can do a special meeting and when. Um, part of it just has to do with, there are many, the BUSD, the REMP board and council all share this building. And so we have to figure out um, when we can get in here. So we will let everybody know as soon as that date is set. All right, so we are now gonna move on to the rest of our uh, meeting. You're welcome to come. We don't often get to have an audience. So, um, but that's what we can do on on this for now, but obviously we're not done. It's too early. Okay. Do you want to be able to? We're going to take a 10 minute um, pause or what is the word I'm missing? Break. Break. We're taking a, a 10 minute recess.
So we know that the city council is called the special meeting Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Well, so the agenda, um, the clerk said the agenda will come out in the morning, but it's kind of official. You call, maybe you call this law. <laughs> Yeah, 
Yes, yes. And the Islamophobia, like, if you was a seventh grader and he was literally beat up in San Francisco by other kids, she got a concussion and they were saying, like, and her mom tried to talk to the next girl. Oh, yeah. So, care has a lot of good idea about that. I'm sure there's a couple other stuff on the back. I know. Okay, thank you. Stay in touch. I was
Okay, we are now um, moving along to through our agenda. Um, we had a speaker from 1935 Addison, and I just wanted to say that this is actually on uh, consent items. And so while you are welcome to, at this point, um, give testimony that essentially it's on consent, so we, we won't be taking any, won't make any changes. So um, do we wanna see if anybody wants to speak to the consent items? I have um, Lee. Okay. Lee, you're allowed to talk now. Hi, it's me again. I, I'm sorry, I didn't understand. Is it time for me to um, talk to you all about this or, or were you saying that it's already decided? It's that it's on consent. And so, um, but you can, you're welcome to um, give your comment. Um, I'm sorry, I don't understand what that means. I think what she's trying to clarify is that it's already on consent and then we're going to waive the fees entirely on the consent agenda. Oh, no, half. no. Oh, half the fees. Sorry. Half the fees are. Okay. We can talk about the details of it. So you're welcome to speak, but just letting you know it's on consent. And so that means we, we don't talk about them individually. Okay. If it's not something you'd like to speak about individually, um, I don't want to waste your time. I just want to make sure you got my comment that I emailed in yesterday or two days ago. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you. Can we go ahead and take a vote on consent? I have, I have two have hands raised. Can I get for, a motion? Wait, we actually, I'm sorry. Let me just refocus. Um, can I get any motions? Uh, two more hands, though, she's saying. Yeah, I have I have more hands raised for okay. comment on consent. All right. Fran? Fran Mock, you're last. Yes, I'm on 1944 Curtis. I understand um, where you're coming from, but I would like to highlight to the uh, RAM board that this is not a case that I don't pay the fee. This is a case that I ask the staff for eight months to give me a paper bill or correct the website so that I can pay. The website gave me a zero balance. I tried again and again, it would not let me to pay any more than what I already paid. And then very surprisingly, last night, I logged in the account, instead of $3,500 or 7,000, suddenly now it became 11,802. I was told by Ms. Amanda that the penalty was $3,500 and she will wait 50%. So she was only asking me to pay half of $3,500. But now suddenly the computer problem again, my account become $11,802. Uh, instead of just consenting half or not half, I need the figure. Why is suddenly jump from what I owed? which she said was $4,000, which I paid in full three months ago. I paid in full. And then it jumped into $7,000, and now suddenly it turned into $11,802, pending the Rambot review um, the penalty, whether it was done properly or not. And also, uh, as of today, I have five units vacant with no income, and two units just gave me notice that they will move out in the next 30 to 60 days. So I will have seven units with no income. I don't have money to pay this big penalty and it should not be imposed 
the penalties not be imposed to begin with. Is their delay, the city staff delay, no one respond to me in eight months and then come back and, and, and impose me a penalty for eight months. I could not pay the bill because I did not have the bill. They never gave it to me. I couldn't pay online because it's so zero balance. It won't let me pay anymore. So I asked the rent board not just consent or not consent, but actually look into my account to tell us how much is owed, how much is not. As of now, it's eleven thousand eight hundred and two dollars. I was I only owed four thousand dollars, which I paid three months ago. When Amanda asked me to do, I went in person, pay how much they asked me, and the and the online program keep adding up, and the figure is incorrect. It's very frustrated. So either we get this figure out or I have to take this to court. I, I, I believe more than me, it's probably many landlords are being frustrated by the uh, staff untimeliness as well as the problem with the program. I'm owed $11,000 for no reason. No one told me. There's no breakdown on the, on, the, on, the, on the website. It's only one amount, 11000 AOT. There's no breakdown on how the amount coming from. Even your consent to have, I don't know what have means. Um, just to confirm, can you just um, say your the address again so we just know which one you're talking about? 1944 Curtis. Okay. Um, well, because this is on consent, um, there's nothing we uh, no action we can take, but I will follow up with the executive director just to to look in and make sure everything is is working. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. All right, I, any other hands raised? I do. I have three hands raised. Okay. Um, George Lipman? Um, no, I was uh, hoping to comment on the previous item. Thank you. Okay. Rick Johnson? Rick Johnson, do you have a comment on the consent calendar? You should be able to talk now. Okay. Do you want to go to the next speaker? Um, Is that it? That's it. Okay. All right. Um, would anyone like to make a motion regarding the consent items? I move the consent calendar as amended, uh, as amended with the removal of the one item previously. Would anybody else like to second? What was the amendment? Um, the chair had previously removed one item at the request of staff from the list of waivers to be continued to the next meeting. Second. All right. Can we take a voice vote? Yes, please. All in favor? Aye. 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 Anyone opposed? Abstain, passes unanimously. Great. Um, we're now gonna go back to action items. And actually I didn't get to my second um, item before we uh, went to recess. Um, so I think as folks um, may have seen, um, we did, we, uh, we sent a letter um, to the Alameda um, Superior Court, specifically the presiding judge. Um, we are seeing, uh, enormous, a huge eviction surge. And what that looks like is that, um, so for two weeks, there were over 90 cases set. 
Um, there are a total of 25 um, housing attorneys in the entire county. 25. So in one week, 95 people were being going through the eviction process. The following week, another new 95. Then this week, there were 176. Again, there are 25 housing attorneys for all of Alameda County. What's happened is about half of the folks don't are going unrepresented. They've never had any interaction with lawyers. The court is refusing to cap the number they put because historically they would only do 50 at a time. And part of it is because is there are so many um, evictions, but the rest of the court system obviously can't handle that. Um, because there aren't, you know, we're, sh we're short 23 judges. Um, you know, we don't have enough courtrooms to do that. We, you know, you try today, we were our office, my day job is representing um, a tenant, and we could not get um, a hearing, I mean, a motion date to file a motion. So it's like you can't even participate in the process. So there's just no due process. Um, three weeks ago, um, Myself, uh, the manager of the Oakland Rent Board, and our executive director went to um, and observed. And that was when there were 95, and it was crazy. And um, EBCLC, that we, you know, is one of the folks that we provide um, funding to, um, they had brought almost every single attorney that they have. So they had their employment lawyers and their, you know, I mean, people who do everything. They also have a slew of, of students and they ended up uh, retaining at trial 50 people. And that wasn't everybody. Um, the following week, um, none of the legal services were able to retain people at, you know, the next day. Yesterday, um, Centro Legal de la Raza kind of did a similar thing that EDCLC did, where every single lawyer <laughs> went down there to try and help the 176 people. But, um, you know, completely not possible. And the other thing is, when an office does that, that means they're not helping anybody in their office, which means more people will end up in court without any representation because no one could do, you know, their answer for them, which is the first stage of an eviction. Um, so then the following week, the second week where we had 95, we organized a, a group of electeds to attend, and that got quite a bit of um, coverage, um, you know, that, and that was um, uh, Council Member Kate Harrison, um, uh, Council Member um, Carol Fife, um, Vice Chair Alpert attended, and um, you're tell me the the other names for the um, other two council member selena reynas from san leandro and council member george syrup from hayward yeah and then two uh school board members from oakland um valerie bachelor and jennifer jennifer Brevard. yeah um and they all and we then had a, a press briefing um i have to say i was um yeah it was very inspiring to hear these different electeds um speak about it uh, the presiding judge came and met with them. Um, this led to a, a second meeting yesterday um, with the legal services providers and the landlord bar, um, at which the court basically, um, and when I say the court, I mean the whole institution, basically made a proposal that 
instead of having 176 on Wednesdays, they're going to cap it at 60, but they're going to just create a second day on Tuesdays for all the overflow, which, I mean, I'm not sure how that helps anything, but um, it certainly doesn't suddenly magically create more lawyers um, for poor people to um, obtain to get representation. Um, so I, you know, it's it's really, I think, pretty awful. And pretty awful, it sounds so. Um, anyway, it, um, yeah, it's it's pretty shocking and a real problem. And while, you know, we don't have the bulk of those evictions, I mean, homelessness is a regional issue. And this is, these folks are going to become, or more likely to become homeless because they're going unrepresented, because the court is pushing through the cases. Um, for those of you who aren't um, tenant attorneys or haven't had experience with this um, yourselves, um, the there's a requirement that, uh, or landlords have a right, and only landlords, not people in regular court cases, but only landlords have a right to have a trial date within 20 days. So the court is saying we have to give people, you know, a court, a trial in 20 days. They're not going to get a trial in 20 days, but these tenants are going to be forced to show up several times and basically try and get the best negotiation they can because, you know, or they go to trial and they'll, they'll lose because they're by themselves. And um, the every study has shown that less than 1.8%, 1.8%, another study showed 2% of tenants who go by themselves win. So that means 98% of the time they lose when they go by themselves. Um, you know, our so our legal staff, you know, drafted this letter. Um, and I just thank you all. <laughs> I know you did a lot of work very quickly to get that out. Um, the tenant rights groups and legal services groups sent a, another letter, um, you know, but we're kind of at a, a stalemate. Um, so I think it would be, you know, I don't know if anybody has any suggestions. Um, you know, we did, um, East Bay Community Law Center received a call from Senator Skinner's office um, suggesting, you know, asking what could be done. Um, but I don't feel like there was any follow-up. What could be done is that the state law could be um, changed. And the state law could say with the discretion of the court or something. But, um, you know, it's just, to be clear, the, the court is not doing, is not making sure that there is due process, which everyone has a, a right under the constitution. And to be frank, this impacts tenants, but also landlords. And I have to say the majority of the caseloads are big corporate landlords. And, um, you know, so it's, you know, and there are a few landlords that are there, but if they're, you know, I'm not sure how they're going to file, you know, or getting their time or how many times they're going to have to court, go to court. So it really is impacting all parties. Um, so it really needs to be addressed. I don't have, I usually have a, a solution, but I don't. Um, yeah. And, you know, the other issue is, you know, the other parts of our county are not providing the same support that we are. It's kind of, I have to say, it, 
you know, Berkeley once again has provided more funding. Um, and also we moved our contract to for two years. Is that, did that, am I right about that? Um, Executive Director Williams? Um, is our contract with EBCLC and EDC, they're now two-year contracts, right? Well, that helps, but can you imagine these other cities are doing every year, they make the, you know, these organizations reapply and then they only know year to year. So it's very difficult for them to hire more people. All right, on that note, I'm, unless somebody wants to say something, I'm gonna move us along. Okay. Um, okay. So moving on, B, recommendation to adopt resolution 2328, authorizing the executive director to execute a contract with BMI Im imaging systems. Chair, I'm sorry, can I just ask for a clarification? That's me, I have two hands raised. Were you gonna take public comment on that, on the letter? Um, Mm, no, no. Okay. It would be good to clarify the reason we're not taking public comment on individual items is we took public comment at the beginning of the meeting for all items on the agenda. Sure. You want to just say it louder, make sure that I think everyone heard what you said, right? Okay. Oh, just for members of the public, the reason we're not taking public comment now is because we took public comment for all agenda items at the beginning of the meeting as is agendized on our agenda. Okay. Um, and there's no, um, it, there's, we're not taking any action. So if we were going to take action, I would have had us um, take comment. All right. So we'll move to the next um, item. Would any, does anybody have any questions? Um, did staff want to add anything to it? Yes, actually, I want to say yay to this one. Um, we have been collecting um, on-site files, hard copy files for over 40 years. Um, and this um, resolution will allow us to digitize these files and, and keep our files electronically. Um, this will allow us to be more operationally efficient um, and um, be cost effective because we will not have to keep our files on site um, and be more current technologically um, with that, having hard copy files. Um, it was a um, long process, a very thorough process um, with the RFP. Um, and so we have selected um, BMI, as you will see in the packet, um, for a not to exceed contract amount of $99,100. So I hope that you will um, allow me to execute this, this contract with this vendor. And I'll take any questions. Uh, Commissioner Johnson, did you want to say something or Commissioner Kelly? Um, <clears throat> I was just curious, what's the level of detail we'll have with the digitizing? Like, will it be like searchable PDFs or will it be just... Um, some other format and it may not, I don't know if there's an answer to that yet, but. It is a searchable PDF um, by both by word, by, by word, by case, and then by address. Okay. Great, yes, uh, Commissioner Kelly. Um, so it, the PDFs themselves won't be searchable. The, the categorizations and the headings will be. Be more specific. You won't be able to search through a document looking for words, but you can find documents based on the categorization that was put in when it's archived. 
You can search through the document via Adobe by a word. Oh, great. Mm -hmm. um, perfect. That's, that's, I think, what Xavier's question was. Um, good. Thank you. The archiving that the city did on one of their recent endeavors didn't do that, and it was... Let me clarify. <laughs> I just want to make sure. Yes, you can search by word. Great. It will make your life so much better. Yes, it will. I just wanted to make sure. Yes. <laughs> it's easy to fix now. And then is there um, is there a cost control in the contract to guarantee they actually finish it on time and all that before we move? Yeah, there are cost controls. <laughs> they get no more money than what we said. No. Um, yes. Yeah, so, so we have what we did is, well, what we're doing now is we are counting, literally counting our files and cross-referencing our files, what we had in our old system of RTS. Um, and we are not to exceed, we did a cost of 1 million pieces of paper. Um, so listen, we, we tried to do it as close as possible. Sure. Um, so to the greatest extent feasible, that is what we did, is to try to average the number of documents, pieces of paper that we had. Thank you. I just also want to thank you. I think this is another example of staff dealing with some non-urgent stuff. Maybe made a little more urgent by the move, but it's going to save us so much money in office space, in hassles, and every time I have to go into an archive and it's physical, I know how long that takes. You know, you don't always think about the six hours it takes to find the right box. It's going to be really great for the agency, and thank you for prioritizing these sorts of things. Just a little... Um side note if you have ever been in our building on the first floor um the uh way we keep our documents reminds me of an old little house on a prairie doctor's crank file system that is literally um embedded by concrete into the ground and we would have had to um uplift that i don't know how um and move that to our new space which would have cost us upwards of 20 to thirty thousand dollars. so um not that that was the sole reason that we needed to get into the new sense of technology but that was one of the cost <laughs> reasons great well thank you so um can i get a motion to approve so moved second do we need a uh, roll call because it's a contract? Do we need a roll call because it's a contract? No. <laughs> the voice of God. <laughs> all right. Can we get a voice vote then? All right. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Anyone opposed? Anyone abstain? Carries unanimously. All right, so um, let's move on to uh, informational announcements and articles. Um, do we have um, our public information unit manager? You, oh, there he is. We'll have here. I feel like we're on a little television show right now. Okay, um, Mr. Dahl, the floor is yours. Thank you, thank you, Chair, and good evening, Commissioners. Um, I'm here to give your Monthly update on the eviction numbers. Um, so these numbers are since September 1st when the eviction moratorium lifted. Um, as of today, there's, there's been a total of 256 total notices filed, uh, copies of notices filed with the rent board. That includes 121 three-day notices to pay or quit, 15 10-day notices, 87 30-day notices, 
and then 11 notices to perform or quit, meaning that there are substantial violations alleged um, by the landlords, substantial violations of the lease agreement. Um, there's also been 60, or excuse me, three 60-day notices to vacate. So these notices um, seem to be notices relating to units that are not covered by the good cause for eviction protection ordinance. So, you know, ADUs, for example, are exempt, golden duplexes, if there is a tenant residing with an owner who is living in the unit and it's exempt, these type of units and uh, lease agreements do not require a, an eviction notice per se, but rather we've received copies of notices to vacate. So there's been three of those. Um, there's been only a total of 19 unlawful detainer complaints filed since the end of the eviction moratorium. One of those was a duplicate for the same tenant, so effectively 18, um, coupled with five that were served during the transition period, gives us a total of 24 or 23, including the duplicate, since the end of the eviction moratorium, um, September 1st, and including the five that were filed during the transition period, which, which again was May 1st through August 31st. So in addition to the, the that summary of those numbers there, we did um, track down some additional information from EDC, just to give you all a picture of their work and their representation as it relates to these cases. So of the 24 unlawful detainer notices that we've received copies of at the rent board, EDC has been working with 12 of those uh, tenants. Um, two out of the 12 settled their court case with an agreement to move out. Um, 10 are still pending, and they just appeared in court on three of those cases, but they are, they are still pending. There's been no resolution as of yet. Additionally, EDC is representing 13 cases um, where copies of the, these notices were not filed with the rent board. Oh. And I'm sure that they'll work into their legal defense, the fact that um, copies of these notices were not filed with the rent board. Um, two of those cases have already been settled and the tenants can stay. Um, six cases are still pending. Um, two have been settled with time to move out and a waiver of the back rent owed. Um, and two, in two of the cases, they could only provide a very limited scope of um, services to those tenants, and they weren't able to really further describe um, or define that. But that's just a, a quick, you know, summary and, and overview of the action as you were speaking of, Chair, and, and some of the cases you've seen in court, and our partnership with EDC to represent um, tenants in Berkeley who are facing evictions and who've received unlawful detainer complaints. So happy to answer any questions, and, and again, remind the board that we do post a summary of this information on our evictions webpage. We we don't include the address or tenant name or things like that, but um, there is a summary of the notices that have been filed with the rent board um, and you know the cause or the, or the reason uh, related to the notice. But I'm happy to answer any other questions folks might have. Mr. Kelly? Um, I don't need a long answer, but I'm just curious. How does, do we send a letter to the court when we find out that um, a copy of the notice wasn't filed with us, or is that just something that we tell the East Bay Community Law Center when they call us to check on a specific tenant? The, the latter, yeah. So we, you know, we don't. If a copy is not submitted to us, we don't know about it, and um, it is part of the legal defense. And folks who are working with EDC, EDC or EBCLC 
you know, I, I would hope that that's one of the first things they review. We do share our information about, you know, the addresses and tenants names that we have received notices for. So, you know, I, I assume in their work, they're cross-referencing our list and preparing legal defenses in those cases where copies of notices have not been submitted to the rent board. Would there be a stronger contribution to the case file if we did a different practice around that, such as generating a document? Well, I'm sorry, may I make a follow-up question? I guess the, the thing is, is that we don't know that it's happened and, and we don't normally um, talk with the vendors, I'm not calling them vendors, the legal service providers. Um, so I think that probably us interfacing, like having that, like, do you, I mean, is it a normal practice that we have this level of communication with them? Like, I'm wondering if that should continue so we can start catching it. And then is it possible to communicate with those landlords to find out why they thought they didn't have to provide them to us? And is, I guess there's no consequence other than the defense, right? Well, yeah. So, and I, I see our general counsel Brown here um, certainly chime in whenever you see fit, Matt. But I will say that we do regularly get inquiries, and I myself prepare declarations um, to be used in court as to whether or not copies of notices have been filed on which the, on which day they were filed, etc. So there are um, that is the process that we have is a either a tenant or a landlord or a representative of either can request a declaration affirming or denying that we have received copies of notices. Um, but that's about the extent that we play in, in that process. But Matt, if you want to chime in, please, please do. No, I was just going to say that. Thank you, Nate. Um, that we, you know, that, that we have a, a, a declaration um, that we use for legal service providers to use um, as an affirmative defense, because it is a, an affirmative defense, the failure to um, file with us. Um, if the board wishes to have us um, administer this dif di uh, differently, certainly um, you can direct Shauna um, to um, to have that done. There's nothing in the ordinance that would prevent it. Thank you. Uh, I wonder if this would be um, an appropriate thing for us to refer to the eviction committee, um, because it does seem that. Um, that as many people as they're representing, the same number they're representing and we didn't know about. So when we're thinking, oh, we only have 25 evic or 18 evictions filed, we should assume we have actually, you know, 40 because if, they, if they're representing 13 people we know about, they're not representing 13 we didn't know about. I mean, that's pretty troubling. That's pretty high numbers. Um, and I think that the fact that there are some folks that they weren't able to provide much more. I mean, what I'm being told by the um, legal service providers is that they're providing full scope for very few people. And I think that there's, I think we're being, we would be naive to think that, that somehow, even though we pay more per capita um, for it than these other cities, at some point, if no one's able to answer the phone, it doesn't matter if you're calling from Berkeley or if you're calling from Union City that doesn't contribute. Um, so I, I would like us to follow up with um, if I'm, I guess the I'm not sure whose purview it is, if it's the executive director or general counsel, but somebody needs to follow up with the legal service providers um, to make sure that we 
we follow up with the landlords um, who did this. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to have this referred to the uh, eviction committee, but I just wanted to warn that uh, we, we just had our meeting a couple of days ago and probably won't be meeting until January. So I, I don't know if that's a problem with the timeline or perhaps, I mean. Well, why don't you maybe discuss, and there may be further things, but maybe we can, I'll, I'll work with the executive director to see what we can do to make sure we're, we have a better sense of the cases we don't know about. The Donald Rumsfeld, no nuns, no nuns, no nuns, no nuns. Yes, say it louder or don't say it. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So thank you so much, Nate. You do, you have a not fun job right now to have to come and tell us bad news every time. Um, but thank you. I think it is important for us to know. Um, and I think finding out that so many, um, if you could also reach out to EBCLC and see if they can give us, because it would be, I think, important for us to know how many people um, are going unrepresented. Um, all right. So speaking of evictions, um, I'll turn this over to the committee chair. You've got two, looks like you guys had two different reports. If you can give us some highlights. So that's B and C's. That's you. Oh, sorry. No I, I, I thought this was a staff uh, presentation. Um, but so, I mean, if you want me to pre uh, present some of the two items, I can. Was did staff have something? Who covers this committee? Oh, that that's me, Chair. I'm happy to discuss these reports very briefly. Okay. Thank, thank, thank you for thank you, Committee no. Chair. Sometimes <laughs> the committee chairs do like an intro, you know, being like, "We did all this fancy work," have, and um, here you go. Minimize what I say. Oh. Uh, so, so at the September meeting of the eviction and Section Eight Foreclosure Committee, we presented sort of our semi-annual. Of reports on the two specialized two of the specialized categories of evictions the first being owner move-ins which the ordinance requires the the agency to track uh, and the second being ellis act evictions uh, and so both of these you know so we're looking back and we're seeing uh, you know how many of these happened in, any, in a specified time period um and so for the owner which one is agendized first is omi is first correct mm -hmm. yeah so so for owner move-in evictions to remind the 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 board we, we the agency tracks these evictions for I, I've got that thank you Shana um, we we track these for three years because the ordinance requires if an owner or qualifying relative evicts a tenant to move into their property that 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 person occupies the property as their primary residence for five for excuse me for three years um, and so we we check up on these properties we send them a letter um, every year uh, every year or so saying hey you know if you're if you're a tenant and you're renting here, this is what your rent should be because the controlled rent would continue past the eviction. Um, throughout the, the entire COVID moratorium, owner move-in evictions were prohibited um, in Berkeley, which which wasn't the case in every jurisdiction. And so this final or this most recent report that uh, we presented to the eviction committee was was that three-year period was completely encompassed by the moratorium. So there, there was only one erroneous owner move-in that was represented sort of two notices, one notice served twice, rescinded both times. And so this three-year period in the most recent uh, report you know, reflected no one being displaced for this type of eviction for an owner move-in. Um, and I can switch gears very briefly to the Ellis Act evictions. Um, Ellis Act evictions occur when, when an owner determines that they uh, want to take the property off the market and not have it as a rental anymore. 
Um, and so we we track those for <laughs> we track those um, for, for at least 10 years because some restrictions stay that long. We record a document um, when an owner applies to remove their property from the rental market. We record a document with the county recorder so any subsequent purchaser can see this property was removed as a rental from the Ellis Act. So I person who wants to buy this property might have some obligations to to the tenants who are displaced. Um, the Ellis Act evictions were not prohibited for most of the uh, COVID moratorium, um, and they were only prohibited starting in October of 2022. And so from a period in October 2022 through the end of the moratorium uh, in August, um, there were no Ellis Act evictions. Prior to that, there were a few Ellis Act evictions during the um, uh, a COVID moratorium. But this this report presented on on September was focusing on the last six months. We do it sort of a, twice a year, and so in that six month period, the beginning of January to the end of June, twenty twenty three, there were no Ellis Act filings because it was prohibited by the um, by the moratorium. I'm happy to field any questions on on either of those reports. Anyone? Any questions? Anyone from the committee? Yeah, I mean, I, I'll just say, I, I think it's kind of reflective here as well that, um, you know, fortunately, because there was no valid um, OMIs or Ellis Act evictions, the discussion at the committee was very brief. Um, so that, that's all. Thanks. Yeah, well, I'm glad. It's always good to hear almost no evictions. Um, all right. Uh, Commissioner attendance on board and committee meetings update through the third quarter. Um, I don't know if anyone wants to say anything. <laughs> um, I'll just move on. These are the other um, first two had to do with the um, the increase, the surge in the um, evictions. Um, and then the G, um, Commissioner Marrero, did you want to speak to this? Yeah, thank you, Chair. Um, I just wanted to thank um, all the advocates that called in to CPUC to advocate for renters, farmers, schools to be able to have solar energy. Um, we were successful with the multi-unit multi renters. We were not successful with the others, mm -hmm. farmers and, um, and schools, and so we want to still kind of press the needle on that um, because we know that in those industries are facing huge budget cuts as well and solar would assist with that. So thank you for um, having it on the agenda. Just wanted to share that I am doing advocacy on, on this topic and I'm really happy that we won for the um, renters like myself that live in apartment buildings. Thank you. Yeah, great. Okay, our next item is um... Just to remind folks that our next regular meeting is December 11th, um, Monday, December 11th. And so if um, you need, or is the 21st, I believe, but the um, agenda items are due by December 11th. That's just our next regular. Okay. And then um, moving on to committee board meeting updates, uh, budget and personnel. Um, I don't, do we have any updates? Um, we don't have any updates, but our next meeting is December 7th at 5.30. Great. And then uh, Environmental Sustainability Committee. Uh, we had a rather productive meeting on uh, November 1st. 
And uh, we went over some data. There's a, we received a huge data set sort of close to the meeting, so we didn't have time to really dig into it. But uh, we are trying to parse out which landlords are currently paying for either electricity and or gas hmm. to see if if we could find a, a way to collaborate on um, you know having them install solar uh, for tenants. Uh, so the staff is going to further refine the data set, uh, and the rest of us got homework. Uh, for our next until our next meeting, which I believe is January tenth. Um, so um, we're going to we're going to um, reach out to environmental groups. Um, uh, uh, do uh, overview of various city sustainability programs so that we can um, um, have a good background. And one of the issues is trying to figure out, you know, what's already there, what needs to be done, where's the money coming from? Uh, the money especially is, of course, always <laughs> the issue. And, um, and I'm going to reach out um, to some other city departments and uh, to get get a kind of tighten tighten it all together so we can we can start acting soon hopefully. All right, moving on to um, we've got eviction section eight foreclosure committee. Yeah, so um, as always, we have a standing um, item uh, regarding eviction activity, um, but we just got a, an update on that, so no need to be repetitive on that. Um, we also talked about um, um, possible um, changing the uh, eviction notices to include a um, uh, an attachment where it provides uh, services, uh, rental assistance, and legal um, legal services. But I understand that the um, ad hoc committee on the uh, rent ordinance amendment is also looking into that. So uh, thank you for doing that. Um, we also had a, a brief presentation about um, the Berkeley Housing Authority and the Section Eight program and kind of the the rent board's um, you know, uh, jurisdiction over that. Unfortunately, uh, representatives from BHA were, uh, were unable to attend, so um, we hope to uh, invite them again to, uh, to have a, um, a discussion uh, to see if we can um, work on things of mutual interest. And uh, the next meeting will be on January 9th. Um, and on to Lyra. It's a little disheartening to hear the housing authority couldn't come to a hearing they were invited to. Um, Lyra is continuing to hold ourselves in recess to avoid any conflicts with the ad hoc committee on ballot measures that we may begin meeting um, probably again, I think maybe February when the um, recommendations of the other committee have moved on to the four by four. Thank you. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, outreach committee. Um, yeah, we had, uh, we discussed a few things at our last meeting. The, the kind of biggest discussion we have was something that was generated from an item. Um, uh, the, there was a presentation to us of a, uh, an item that's going to be mailed out to the, uh, to the community. And we had a really robust discussion around 
what our standard practices should be for kind of style and when we put these things out. Mm -hmm. And it generated an interest in producing a kind of comprehensive style guide for the agency, um, which is a combination of a few different things that we had been discussing. Um, so, you know, language access policy, disability access policy, and the way that we craft our materials, both online and in print. And then there's just other, you know, accessibility questions and, and ease of comprehension questions that we've been been discussing. And so I think um, we, we asked staff to bring back to us at our next meeting um, a um, an assessment of what it would take in terms of a cost to really produce something like that, a comprehensive style guide. And so um, once we get that from the staff, that kind of assessment of cost, we'll be making a recommendation to the full board um, to move forward with that at uh, some future date. Great. So, and yeah, Commissioner Kelly, if you want to. Yeah, I just want to say I've served on this committee since I've been on the rent board. And I really wanted to say I appreciate uh, Nate Dahl, our staff member, has done a lot to improve our ability to track metrics, mm -hmm. basically, you know, where we table, how many people we talk to, what those conversations were like, to then try to inform where best opportunities for next year. This will be the first mailing we've ever sent out where we'll be able to track the links in it and to know how many people got our mailing, mm -hmm. went to that link and accessed a resource, mm -hmm. which will help us to understand the impact of the cost of the mailing, who we're targeting, that's really fantastic information and the kind of stuff that doesn't just happen in the course of a regular week. And so I just wanna thank staff for that. It's these sorts of small-ish changes that give the board the ability to make better decisions and also allow our staff to improve services to our tenants and our landlords. Great. Yeah, and I'll, you know, I echo that. You know, we've been very demanding of, of, uh, of Nate in our committee and he's risen to the occasion. So mm -hmm. I wanna appreciate, uh, appreciate him and, and my fellow commissioners on the committee for really, I think a very productive job. Great. All right. Um, and then uh, the four by four met. Um, and I think we had a very productive meeting um, around regarding the demolition ordinance. Um, it is now um, on its way to council. Um, I think this has taken six years. Um, the good thing is, is that it's now stronger. Um, when the first version came to us, it basically gutted all the protections um, for rent controlled ordinances. So a rent controlled properties. So I think that's fantastic. Um, and I, I have to say, I, I want to, you know, say thank you to the mayor because he really fought hard for this and pushed back when he, you know, with staff. Um, and anyway, I think we really have created a model. It We are basically requiring that if you do demolish um, rent controlled properties, not only do you have to replace it one for one for the um, folks who lived there, but if those folks aren't able to move back in, um, the units that will be, will be built will have essentially both vacancy control and vacancy decontrol, that they will have kind of the best of affordable housing and the best of rent control. The one piece we weren't able to kind of resolve was providing um, essentially hearings for reduction in rent for properties that will be essentially affordable housing um, or inclusionary units. Um, but, you know, I think we got pretty close and I think we're looking at, we may be able to do habitability hearings. Um, so that's something we're, we're looking at in the, the changes of the, the ordinance. But anyway, I, I think that it's, I don't, I wouldn't say that it's no big deal if um, people are demolishing rent controlled units um, to build more. Um, but I think we're getting closer to it not being a horrible thing if we do that. 
Um, Madam Chair, is there a date set yet for that uh, city council vote? I don't, I don't think a, a date. I feel like it's coming in January, though. It's soon, but I don't know if other folks who are closer yeah, I, to us. I don't have the dates in front of me, but for whatever reason, I feel like it was January, but I, unfortunately, I, I cannot confirm. Yeah, but it's it's soon. Yeah, I just wanted to ask that if once it's established, if the executive director could convey that to the full board or it, once someone realizes it's happening, because sometimes these things get snuck in to the public packet kind of at the end, that would be very helpful. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Um, two by two. I just for just wanted to thank the two ladies who came to mm -hmm. the four by four publicly who spoke about how demolition will change their lives. And they were both um, women of mature age. And I know that that wasn't easy. So thank you to those two ladies for representing. For the two by two, we're gonna meet in December, December 18th. So uh yeah, hopefully we'll we'll have a meeting. Thank you. Great. All right, uh ad hoc committee to consider rent ordinance, uh Commissioner Johnson. Our committee met two times in our time period, so I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> um, so we, uh, I won't go into a ton of detail, but we discussed a number of changes to the possible ordinance. We've been winnowing down um, which ones are the most feasible, um, targeting some for research by by staff and others we've kind of prioritized like um, ones we think really should be incorporated into potential changes to the ordinance. So um, we're continuing to work on that. Our next meeting is coming up. Um, <clears throat> I don't have it in front of me. I don't know why I started that sentence without knowing what the answer to the, the thing was, but we have another meeting later this month or, um, and we'll continue to kind of refine it and, and hopefully come with some really strong and solid recommendations. Great. Um, I would just want to add, just want to thank the legal staff, um, just putting in a lot of hard work and under a lot of time pressures. So uh, thanks to both Matt and, and Ollie and Hannah has also been working on it. Yeah. I wanted to just yeah echo that thanks that we have asked a lot of staff for those of you who have not been seeing our, our ad hoc committees we have a, a long list of things that we're hoping to get into this ordinance and staff have been very responsive uh, in making sure that they are incorporated. All right. Um, any updates or announcements that haven't been already covered that people want to share. All right. Um, yeah. I, I shared this at the outreach committee too, but the regional advisory committee for the West, which includes California, um, we've met and we have provided recommendations to Secretary Cardona about a number of opportunity gaps. Just wanna let you know that housing was one of them. We did a lot of need sensing work and focus groups all over the state and with professional associations, governors, um, people on the ground, lots of feedback about needing to get housing. Mm -hmm. So I did make sure to kind of put that in my recommendation, which was voted unanimously. And um, once I get the full report back, it'll be available on the federal register, but I'll definitely shoot you all like an email and with the report so you can read it yourself. Great, thank you so much. All right, um, so if anybody has any items that they want on a future agenda that you've thought of right now, um, 
you could do it. And if not, you just need to do it before the next, uh, I think it was, what was it, December 11th. All right, I'm gonna move us now. We are moving to a closed session. Um, we will be doing that in the back room. Um, and smoked filled back room? No, <laughs> no smoking. <laughs> Okay, um, we, okay, we will be, yeah, I'm not sure if I, okay, we are now going into closed session. We will then come back um, afterwards. If everybody can turn off, <laughs> turn oh. off your mics well, um, and then we'll be moving in there. Do people need to bring their, don't you have to read the statement for closed session? I said pursuant to California government code I, section no. uh, 54957B1, the board will also convene in closed session for a public employee evaluation of a performance, and it's for the uh, general counsel. Do you have any idea how long it'll be? Okay. Taking 
Um, are we back on? No, we never left. All right, thank you everyone. We have returned from our closed session um, where no action was taken. And um, we are now at the end of our meeting. Would any, I would happily entertain a motion to adjourn. So, so moved, second. <laughs> Did you catch that? I don't know. I started first, but he finished, so he can have it. <laughs> I'm ready to go. I was the motionary, Sally was the second. Thank you. Great. All right, voice vote, um, all in favor? Aye. 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 Absolutely. Any no's? No abstains? Carried unanimously. Okay, thank you. We're adjourned. <laughs>